Welcome to this Bioanalysis Zone interview. I would like to introduce myself. I am Naima Mondrell, editor of Bioanalysis Zone, and today I am very fortunate to be joined by Greg Roman. He is a senior research scientist at Waters Corporation. So firstly, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, Greg? Thanks, Naima. I'm an analytical chemist uh, by training, and my main focus has been on microfluidic devices throughout my career. So initially, I started at Kansas State University uh, and worked under Chris Culbertson, making a variety of different microfluidic devices, glass, plastic devices, but they were all focused on capillary electrophoresis. And we separated amino acids and green fluorescent protein and mainly biopolymers of, of different uh, sizes. A neat project we worked on there was uh, we coupled a bioreactor to a portable microfluidic device, uh, which was flown on the uh, KC-135 Vomit Comet. So that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, after working with Chris, I went up to the University of Michigan for a couple of years and, and worked under Bob Kennedy looking at neurotransmitter analysis on, on microfluidic devices uh, using segmented flow, which was which was a lot of fun as well. And currently I, I find myself senior research scientist here at Waters Corporation. And again, I'm looking at microfluidic devices, but in this time, rather than CE, we focused primarily on, on nano microflow LC on a microfluidic device. And I've done a, a lot of work on intact proteins using those those different microfluidic devices on the ion key system where we've coupled uh, ion key, uh, which is the water's microfluidic consumable to the mass spectrometry series, the QTOS and, and the triple quads that we sell. So the Zebra G2XS and the Zebra TQS mass specs. Great, thank you. Could you provide a brief summary of your career to date? Sure. Um, one of the things that I've always been interested in and something that I find a lot of passion in is, is building instruments, instruments that are on the cutting edge that take analytical science in, in a new direction and, and offer a tool that truly gives functionality that you can't find anywhere else. That's a lot of fun. That's something that I've, that I've always enjoyed. I find myself in a unique position right now where I can leverage uh, liquid chromatography utilized with microfluidic devices to investigate some challenging applications. The cool thing about LCMS is it's, it's extremely adaptable. You can use it for a wide variety of different applications, and that adaptability has really made it commercially successful. So you can envision taking LCMS and applying it to a wide variety of, of applications. And But doing that is can be challenging and making it so that it is easy to configure for many of those different applications, I think, is a challenge and something that uh, we uh, currently are investigating here at Waters. Brilliant. Can you describe the technologies that you use and what the advantages are of microflow, LCMS, and HRMS? Yeah, so uh, as, as I mentioned just previously, you know, we've, we've focused on the ion key system, which is the uh, water's microfluidic 
calcium as consumable. And the advantages uh, primarily with, with this technique is that it provides the utmost in, in sensitivity and it also provides the functionality of being able to take uh, reduced volume samples or samples that may be precious and improve the, the sensitivity for those, those low-volume analytes. And microfluidics uh, and the microfluidic LCMS system allows for us to investigate applications that may not have been available previously to us uh, in terms of uh, high-flow systems. And so one of the application areas that microflow LCMS has kind of naturally settled into is, you know, this kind of DMPK environment discovery pharmaceutical areas where low volume and high sensitivity are, are needed in, in those kind of challenging application areas. But one of the main advantages is sensitivity. But also another advantage uh, really is throughput as well. And so with the throughput in combination with sensitivity, so depending on if you're investigating the 150 micron IQ versus the 300 micron IQ, the dimension of the column is different between both of those uh, systems. And so the, the larger the ID, uh, the sensitivity drops off slightly, but uh, the throughput increases. So the trade-off uh, as you increase your scale is between sensitivity and throughput. So uh, if you slightly uh, increase your column diameter from very low to, to slightly higher, you still gain sensitivity relative to higher scales, but uh, your throughput is, is significantly improved. So there's, there's some interesting things that you can do with, with, with throughput as, as well for And what do you think are the challenges you face with these techniques and that how does your group's recent work address these problems? So one of the, the first questions that I get when I talk to customers is, is really, well, you know, I tell them we've got a microfluidic device that's easy to use. And uh, the first question is, well, is it, is it robust? Or will I, will I, I, I need to run my samples. I need something that's not going to break. And... Uh, I need to be able to, to really use this as a as a robust tool day in and day out. So, you know, this perception that, that microflow is not robust and not easy to use is something that we're currently trying to address. And we've engineered IMKey to make it very robust for, for some of these very challenging applications. And one of the ways uh, in which we've done this is, is through building in kind of this two-dimensional trapping methodology where you have a, a first dimension trap which serves to filter and remove some of the matrix components prior to loading it onto the ion key itself. So what that provides you with is a, is a cleaned up sample prior to putting it onto the, the ion key itself. You can think of it somewhat kind of like a guard column, but as, as you start to reduce those, those column diameters, it's more and more important to, to make sure that you're cognizant of how much you're loading onto the column, onto the eye key, but also make sure that, that you have your sample cleaned up. So I've generated a number of, of methodologies which are very robust, uh, which utilize this two-dimensional trapping technique. And that's typically one of the, one of the first questions. And, 
other question is just what is the analytical performance or the analytical capacity of this uh, instrument relative to, to what I've seen before. And it, it certainly does uh, outperform uh, higher scale LCMS systems in terms of sensitivity. And you can even get a, a throughput is, is of interest. There's, there's options that we are, are bringing online for, for improved throughput, but still very good sensitivity as well. Brilliant. And how do you think the techniques you've just talked about can be regulated and standardized? I think a, a lot of the applications that are currently being, that, that IMKI has, has found itself in, is, is much more of a discovery environment. So it's somewhat rare to find IMKI in a QC lab. Typically, we see where you would have a much more regulated environment. Typically, what we've seen is that IMKI has, has found itself in kind of these discovery environments, which have a, a lower need for, say, for instance, validation. Great. Thank you, Greg. What would you say is your favorite aspect of the work that you do? Yeah, I think... You know, whenever I am working on something that is uh, unknown, uh, something that is, is borderline known <laughs> uh, and, is, and is challenging, uh, I, I think it's, it's something that I really enjoy. And just the, the electrospray process in general has been a lot of fun to, to investigate uh, here at Waters, understanding how that electrospray process works for antibodies or peptides or small molecules and how it changes depending on the flow rate uh, has, has been a lot of uh, a lot of fun to, to investigate. So I'd say in general things that I run across that are unknown and I have the time to, to go in and do a little bit of work to, to try to pull that apart and then share that information that I gain with, with my colleagues or customers. And getting their feedback is something that I that I enjoy quite a bit. Great. And is there a surprise that you've encountered in the field so far? Well, something that we initially were surprised about was that for a lot of applications uh, that our customers were using, uh, it turned out that the that the sample prep methodologies and also the method development uh, that was necessary for a microfluidic system different than that of, say, for instance, the standard LCMS uh, system. So typically a customer might think, well, I can, I can take a standard LCMS method and apply it to a microflow LCMS method, and that simply wasn't the case. And so we had to kind of go back and identify, well, why were these methods different and what was the underlying uh, issues associated with uh, why, say, for instance, you saw a different peak shape where there were different analytes that eluded at different times versus the, the standard flow LC. So there are differences there, and there certainly are differences were in some cases uh, interesting and, and very surprising in other cases. Great. Now, communication and collaboration are really important in helping the field to progress faster. What does Waters do to encourage collaboration? Something we typically do is, is we work very extensively with, with customers 
uh, first and foremost. And so something that, that our research and development labs do is, is reach out to customers who, who have interesting problems or questions about our hardware. And we typically uh, welcome them with open arms. Uh, we, we take a look at their problems, um, we provide uh, feedback, and, and we work with them. We view it more as a more as a journey than, than anything else. And um, we also work extensively with with academic collaborators as well. And so, bringing in academics who truly are uh, at the cutting edge uh, provide us with the pipeline of, of possible innovations, uh, which we can further develop here in house. So, I think there's. There's certainly a lot of work that we do, both with customers and also with with academic collaborators, which uh, are exciting. Brilliant. And finally, Greg, what further advances do you envisage with respect to LCMS in the coming years? Yeah, I I think when we think about the future, really uh, a lot of the aspects that we developed in IONKEY, the the microfluidic consumable device, which allow for, for ease of use, will, will really continue to be developed and propagated to other areas within the product line. And so LCMS is, is extremely uh, adaptable to a wide variety of applications, and that adaptability has been demonstrated. One of the, one of the things that, that I think we, we currently are working on is, is given that adaptability, can we make LCMS capable of being easily used um, by a wide variety of applications uh, and specifically being easier to use? So I think he gave us kind of a, a, a set of uh, tools that have aimed at making microflow easier to use. And that's certainly something that uh, I see in the future and likely will come about in, in the years to come. Excellent. Well, I would like to thank you, Greg, for talking to us and for giving us an insight into your work at Waters. Thanks again, Neymar. It was, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you.